Hey everyone, welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. What up, what up? Welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast. My name is Nick Ingvall and I am super stoked for today's episode. My guest and I had an incredible conversation that ranged from footwear design to current trends like the shipping challenges that brands are facing and we talk about the path from sampling product to starting a footwear brand because my guest actually teamed up with an NBA player who recently unveiled his very own footwear brand, and we discuss a lot of other great topics as well. Before we get into the episode, though, I wanted to give a shout out to all of our Patreon supporters. Each and every one of you helped to keep this podcast going, and we wouldn't be able to do it without your support. I also want to thank everyone in our Discord community that keeps the conversations going throughout the week and shows up for trivia nights and community Zoom calls. Personally, it's one of the best things that's ever happened to me, and I'm just grateful for all of you supporting in that way. Last but not least, I want to say thank you to everyone who has taken the time to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, followed us on Spotify, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. That minute or two that you take out of your day helps us reach new sneaker enthusiasts that we would not be able to reach otherwise. So thank you very much for taking the time to do that. Now that we're done with the business, please enjoy my conversation with designer Brett Gollett. Georgian trying to shake off Starks. Oh, what a move! LeBron James with no reward for human life! seconds. Bryant for the win. Iverson against Gill, the crowd on its feet. Allen for the win! Sneaker History Podcast. What up, what up? Welcome back to the Sneaker History Podcast with my guys, Mike and Rowett, to talk some kicks, to talk some new releases, and to just catch up with uh with my homies here. So what's good, fellas? How you guys doing? Shoot. Good, man. How you guys doing? I don't know, Mike. I, I kind of get like a Phantom of the Opera vibe with you. You're kind of <laughs> dressed like you're going for a funeral, all black, white, and just like I just want to reach through the screen and give you a hug and tell you it's going to be okay. I know the Astros are only they're down by six, but I believe in you, brother. You know, wait, there's a funeral for the Astros right now. The way they're playing, hopefully they turn it around and my legs. So I just, I got my first run in for this whole half marathon training thing. My legs are, are begging for forgiveness right now. They're like, yeah, you're not walking tomorrow. No, I was going to, if you don't mind sharing with the group, like talk to us a little bit more about that. Cause that was kind of just yeah. birthed organically in our text thread today. Yeah, so I have a good buddy of mine who I've uh, known for a, a long time. He's actually him and his wife are uh, the godparents to to our oldest son, Davian. And back years ago, like before, like four kids before being married, me and him used to work out a ton, of, work out a lot, and we did this race in in the woodlands north of Houston. It's called the Ten for Texas, and so we worked at the same company and all that. So a group of us did this ten mile run. It's probably about what 2015, 2014, and we were over at their house the other day. He's like, oh, yeah, by the way, you want to run this half marathon with me? And he knows I can't say no. He, he knows he going to roll me into some nonsense. So I was like, all right, cool, I'll do it. But in my mind, I was like, well, I want to bring the listeners along and our, and our Discord family with us because this is a uh, very, uh, I feel like a spiritual journey to be able to run 13 miles in a, in a single outing. So I don't know. It's, it's a way to challenge challenge myself and hopefully inspire some some of our listeners, some Discord family to, to to take the challenge as well. Even if they aren't at the event, but just say, hey, I ran, you know, a log 13 miles of a day. Yeah, so what's what's the date, Mike? Uh, the date is going to be, if I'm not mistaken, January 16th of 2022. Okay. Yep, the yep, day before MLK Day, at least you get that Monday off to recover. God, I hope so. I'm just going to lay there on the floor like no one bothered me. Just Just roll my food to me, please. I mean, I think I think that was Dr. King's dream to have a day of rest <laughs> to think about the contents of our character and not the color of our skin. And let me tell you, I've known Mike for two years. Nobody with a higher badge of character when it comes to their soul and their just way. So kudos to I'll you, Mike, for that. starting that journey. 
Thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's gonna be a, a doozy, I should say. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm I'm excited for you. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I can't speak, but I'm actually gonna start running too. So I don't know if I'll make it to hey. a half marathon, but if I can find something maybe in Sacramento or in the Bay Area or something around that same date, that same weekend, I'll definitely you know push to get there too. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I will not, listeners, because these two are men. <laughs> you know, I will. I will figure something out because, as Mike and Nick can both attribute to, sometimes the only thing that gets you going for that last four miles, three miles, is just like, hey, somebody else is kind of sharing the misery with me, and the least thing mm-hmm. I could do is finish this out. So I think it's a very mm-hmm. noble gesture, and I'm sure Peloton Poppy himself, when he makes his triumphant <laughs> return, will also have a feat of strength because we are kind of approaching that festivist season. Yeah, man. Oh, man. All right. So uh, I guess we don't have any reviews. So uh, let's just hop into rocking and copping. What are you guys rocking and copping lately? Go ahead, Roy. You go first, man. Uh, So I was inspired by Mike Guillory, as I often am during this segment. And I put in a a very measured bid for those Gundam unicorn dunks because they look pretty sweet. And then I was able to fortunately hit on the – mecha component and i think that's been one of my obsessions because i've had this grand notion of going to tokyo one day and specifically getting like a sick ass mecha or a gundam and i don't think that's going to happen in the near future but that's okay because at least i was able to hit on this so i'm looking forward to that and as for what i was rocking today the old free 0.0 meaning i never left the house so i've been barefoot for the most of the day today how about you mike what are you rocking yeah man so Oh, God, here it is right here. So what I've been rocking was the, if you guys can see it, there it is, the Japan uh, Air Max 95, which has been like a heck of a sleeper because I able I was able to get this from GOAT for 130 shipped. So that's 50 under retail. Uh, and they've been sitting around in different stores. And this is such a beautiful shoe. I don't use that term often. And this is my first 95, but the canvas upper that has like fraying on it and 3M hitting and a lot of the like traditional Japanese design components is just such a, such a great shoe. I think if, if you want an Air Max 95, this is a good one to get because you can get it for a good price. And it, I think it's going to be something people will really appreciate years from now. But, uh, looking to cop, I mean, it's still row it. Gundam Dunk is still on my list, but since it got pushed back, I have to kind of again. I'm, I'm looking at bids now to put into uh, to Goat and StockX at this point because there's only one I'm probably going to get it. But other than that, I'm really looking at, which is funny enough, the Sesame Street uh, Curry Nine Pack. I think those are super dope. Uh, it's really cool. Yeah, it's a good looking shoe, definitely. This is why I come to this podcast because you guys let me know about heat that I'm not even checking for. So it oh, is a so beautiful cool, man. shoe. I, uh, right, Nick, what you got, man? Our household is on the Air Max, uh, tip as well. So I finally wore the infrared 90, uh, radiant red Air Max 90s for the oh. first time, which means like classic. They, they stay, they stay out and I wear them a few more times probably. Um, so I've worn them, I've worn them three or four times already, but it, that shoe is like, it's one of a very few number of shoes that makes me feel like a kid again. Cause it's like something that I just, mm-hmm. I wanted that shoe when I was a younger kid, never got it. You know, when I ended up getting a retro finally in, you know, 20 or 30 years later, it's like, man, this is crazy to have that feeling. That's the thing that like kind of always yeah. only a few shoes still do that and have that like really deep nostalgia. Yeah. Um, and as far as copping, I didn't get anything for myself, but I, with the assist from, from Keith in the discord, uh, was able to get, some of the Los Angeles Air Max BWs for Cam. So Oh um, dope. Yeah, like as I mean, colorway is great. I, I think I I think I want a pair. The only thing that I didn't realize um is that it's black and orange, but it has like a purple LA logo on the tongue, which oh. just doesn't fit. Uh so I don't know mm-hmm. if I'm gonna actually grab a pair. They they've been sitting and um and Rodney hit me up in the discord again with, with my size, uh, you know, available where he's at. So it's been kind of, it's, it's like, do, I don't know that I want to pull the trigger. I, I haven't grabbed them from Keith yet. Hopefully I'll get them this coming weekend so I can see him in person, but uh, definitely excited to get him. Cause it's just a, I mean, the, the BW is a gorgeous shoe too. So. 
One I've never had. Keith the sneak. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, but uh, no review, but if you have a chance to leave us a review, head over to Apple Podcasts, Audible, Amazon Music, or just follow us on all the platforms. That helps, too. You take a minute or two out of your day, and it, it gets us in front of new new people, and we can't do that without your help. So much appreciated for those of you who have already done that, and anybody that can, it would be much appreciated as well. But... Today, we're going to talk about new releases. We haven't done a new releases episode for quite a while, so I'm kind of stoked to just run through some of the stuff that's been hitting the blogs and, and the Instagrams. Uh, and I guess we might as well just start it off with the official look at the Nike LeBron 19 Hardwood Classic. What do you guys think about this one? About it. I like the. I mean, the LeBron 19 has really... Uh, piqued my interest. They've taken the shoe and almost like a radical new design to it because they kind of kept with the same design language for a little while since like the the 15 feel like they have pretty similar uh, similar designs. But this one has taken a radical change, really futuristic, uh, really performance basketball. That's, that's what I looked for. I mean, as a kid, I mean, as adult, was like, hey, what's the new crazy looking basketball shoe is going to be on the signature athlete's foot? I'm about it. Not necessarily this colorway, but if it's the only one I can get, I honestly don't care. It's just such a good-looking shoe. I can I can live with whatever color this one is. Yeah, black and gold colorways tend to be an instant cop for me if I'm picking between a pair, let's say. I am intrigued by this shoe. I like the geometrical, what do you want to call it, a coordinate plane on the body of the shoe. But, yeah, mm -hmm. I'm interested to see now to Mike's point where, okay, you have my interest. Now what are you going to do with my interest? Because this shouldn't be the best shoe coming out of the 19 line, but – we know Nike's always got some heat right around the corner. So I'm cautiously optimistic and I'm trending upwards when it comes to the 19. Nick, how about yourself? Uh, I, I think I'm more into the older hardwood classics with the, the blue and orange, like the, those old Cavs jerseys. I think that's part of like yeah. the reason why I'm not a fan of this colorway. Um, I do. I'm definitely curious about the shoe itself. I don't know if, if it's something for me, but there's enough going on with it that I just, I want to, I, I want a pair. I want, I want to, I want to have a pair in hand um, to be able to, to take a look at it. Cause it's definitely intriguing. And to Mike's point about, you know, the, the aesthetic is, you know, they've gone in a different direction. I would even say in like almost a wildly different direction. You know, it's like, yeah. this is the first kind of real jump from the previous model in the last few years, you know, like I think the battle knit, evolution like it almost lasted two consecutive shoes and yeah. even for me like as somebody who pays attention to sneakers there was a bit of a time there where it was like hard to, to remember which one was which right because there was just yeah. so many lebrons out and with both those models having you know the the same material on the upper like it just wasn't computing the way it would like with this one being such a drastic change from the last one. So um, I'm, I'm kind of in your, in your corner road. I'm, I'm looking for other colors more so than this one, but I don't, I don't dislike this one. I just don't think it's for me. No, I was surprised by price on this because typically when you have such a drastic change in a lot of technology, this looks like a very technology driven shoe. It's only 200 bucks. And I say that lightly because 200 is still a ton of money for a sneaker. But yeah. when you think of the quote unquote, the price raise to Jordan one's going to be 200 bucks and I can get a super technical performance shoe for $200. I mean, that's a, that's, I guess a value again, that's a very kind of like, I guess tongue in cheek, but <laughs> it's 200 bucks for that kind of shoe. It, it, it makes sense, I guess. Yep. Absolutely. And remind me guys, what was the price point of the last couple of bronze? I feel like it's been in this 200 to 175 mm -hmm. range, right? So this isn't necessarily a drastic uh, price increase mm -hmm. or decrease one way or the other. I think 180 was the last LeBron. I want to say okay. the... Uh, one of them was up there though, right? One of them I think got 17 for like, back at 200. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, one of them got up to like, I think they did a LeBron that was 250, right? At some point? Yeah. I'm trying to remember like that which one that was. the John was. Elliott one though. Uh, okay. 15? I think, no, that's it. Oh, no. no. I thought it was John Elliott because they were trying to utilize the cachet of having the collaborations. And we hadn't seen that at that point with the LeBron in that formalized sense of somebody sharing the byline, if you will, of the shoe with LeBron. Yeah. 
Yeah, I remember that was a $250 shoe that drastically dropped in price quickly because I got mine for like $150. <laughs> yeah, that shoe's a great shoe, though. It Love is. it, but I wasn't paying $250 for it. Yep. <laughs> You're about to be a $100 bill inside that shoe. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Pay me back. Um, all right, so next up we got uh, official images of the Nike Dunk High University Red. For those of you that are listening to this, um, I mean, as I as – I, let me see. I'll edit this part out. For those of you that are listening to this, you know, you can find these in the Discord and the sneaker release info channel. Uh, there's just a feed of new releases that's in there that we're kind of pulling this information from. Um, but next up is the Nike Dunk High University Red. And I'll, I'll go first. I mean, it's a classic dunk. It's more of the same in a good way, but it's also more of the same in the bad way. Like, we're going to get a two-tone dunk it's going to be one primary color white is going to be the contrasting color it'll sell out and then we'll all wonder like okay was it worth it mm-hmm. yeah i think you probably said it best i mean i think at this point dunks have probably reached the point of no return now because the prices are getting more fair if i mean it's still a hundred dollars shoe people are spending 204 which is stupid but i know with the dunk highs i mean look at the syracuse high the lows are going for 500 bucks which is stupid but the highs, they may have sold out, but they were easier to get. So hopefully people who missed out on these St. John dunks are able to get these in a the high version. So I hope for them that they're able to get them. But for me, I'm underwhelmed. I still think the dunk of the year is going to be the undefeated packs. All three of them can be dunk of the year. Um, this is just not doing it for me because quality is not there. Color is not there for me. And it's, it's just basic. I mean, back in 2010, I can get this for 19 bucks at the outlet. Yeah, I, I – with dunks, I just don't care if they're not SBs, unfortunately, at this point. Like, I'd rather have that extra padding, the Zoom Air. I can never see myself paying for a regular dunk release when, you know, especially when it's when there's just so many of them out there, too, right? You know, to Mike's mm-hmm. point, I think I think a general release dunk is a 50 to $60 shoe. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's not disrespecting the shoe in any way it's a it's obviously like legendary iconic sneaker but there's so many of them and for me personally i think they look good beat up too so like i'm not afraid to grab a used pair if i really want a particular colorway and again like i'm just i'd rather have the 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 extra cushioning and the extra you know uh Padding in the tongue. Better storytelling, right? Like two of my favorite dunks this year have been the Golf Low and the aforementioned Gundam one. Yeah. And Mm. in theory, they're almost a very similar price point to these. And I'd rather have those because those are head turning and eye catching in the best way. And these are almost blase now because we've seen so many different instances of this. Yep. Uh, Next up, there's the Nike Air Force One Low Uno 50th anniversary. I love them. I think it's great. Uh, I'm almost tempted now because there's a very famous group of wrestlers that used to play Uno Weekly on their Twitch and their YouTube channels. I'm almost tempted to say when these shoes come out, we should do our very own sneaker history Uno game, but that's just me. Let's do it. I'm in. Yo, I'm, I'm about that because Uno is a staple. When I was growing up as a kid in my household, we had our house rules. They, come, they used to come with blank cards. You can kind of make your own cards as well. We have some nonsense in there, like a hey, draw six somewhere. We got to back at you. Um, and we played the rules that you can stack draw fours or stack draw twos. Absolutely. So, oh, yeah. so this is know. something this I might have to buy around the holidays and use it as like a trophy for whoever wins gets to just keep this shoe in their house. So yep. I might use this. So here's the thing. I'm, I'm trying to stay on topic, but this is going to be my one tangent that I really want to dive deeper on. First of all, like Uno is like Monopoly. Like if you're not playing with a set of custom rules, I don't want to play with you. <laughs> Facts. Let's be real. Second of all, there are some rules I've never even heard of that are considered canon. Like if you have a zero, everybody switches hands. If you have a seven, you can pick with who you want to switch hands with. Like this Whoa. is great. And then to your point, Michael, when I saw the official Uno account say stacking is prohibited – I nearly lost my shit. I try not to lose my shit about the internet and the people on the internet, but Uno admin on Twitter, you effed up, buddy. Come on. Everybody stacks. If you don't stack, yeah. you're I was End like, of nah. sermon. End of yeah. tangent. Yep. I'm right there with you. Um, all right. So we definitely need to do a sneaker history 
round of Uno. I think I think I think we're definitely on to something there. Um, we might even have to incorporate that into the Discord community somehow. But next up Uno on night. the list of releases, we've got uh, these Air Jordan One High OG Rebellion Air. Uh, I <laughs> just don't need all these stories to sell Jordan Ones. We're getting to the point of saturation for me where I just don't think that I will ever want a pair of Jordan ones anymore other than the ones that I already have. And the, you know, I don't know, five original colorways that were great because you just see so many of these that like this, where I I don't know. What is this? Like, why is the band X on the back? Okay. First of all, I'm mad because they just won't give me a shadow again. I just want a shadow. Nike, Jordan, if you hear me, my name is Michael Guillory. I just want one freaking shadow. That's all I want. And I, I will leave y'all alone forever. But yeah. y'all give me this. You gave me something that a, a, a three-year-old wrote on and y'all put an X on the back because y'all know that's sold back in 2011 or 2010. Y'all trifling. That's all I got to say to y'all. He's trifling. <laughs> yeah. So the storyline of the shoe is supposed to be a spin on the band ones, right? Where it's essentially a, a shadow one colorway with, you know, what is it script or whatever across the whole thing in this rebellion air kind of theme. But then there's the band X on the back of the shoes in red as well. Um, retails 170 bucks supposed to come out in March, but there's been a lot of mock-ups and, and these are kind of the first time I've seen real pictures of them. So what do you think, bro? I used to think my least favorite word in the English dictionary in vernacular was chillax. Come on down, Rebellionaire. What the hell is this? The funny thing is, like, th- there's definitely potential for the shoe, right? But it could be. I, I, I almost feel like it's it's a to your point about the storytelling from the SB line. It's almost like this is an SB story that's being you know forced onto the jordan one mm-hmm. not that sb forces their stories or anything but it's like a very forced story of like okay we know that people want to want to see the bands we know that people want shadows but let's give them something that kind of alludes to those stories so we can tell the story but not really the real thing so this uh, is where like I will use this as my example of the storytelling that one brand does over the other. You go to Nike.com. You go search for any SB product. And it's hilarious because they have very unique and very genuine copy associated with the product. So that being said, there is a shirt right now on Nike.com where it's literally a dolphin with a basketball. And as you're reading the product history of this, it's just like, this is Bernard. He's our basketball playing dolphin. That to me... (laughs) is inherently SB, even though it's hard to quantify what that is. As I read the press release of Rebellionaire, it just feels the most, lack of a better term, douchey. It's it's got very much, uh, what was the segment on Parks and Rec, Tom Haverford's business? Business 720 or the snake? Yeah, just just nothing. That's the vibe I'm getting. Yeah. Well, it's trying very hard to pull off this aura. Yes. To make it worse, if you anyway, guys saw the second I, shoe in the pack, it's a it's a bread Jordan One, but it's a women's low top platform. Wait, what? Have you not seen it? It's the, so another part of the Rebellion Air pack. It's it's a women's like the the, the sole's like that thick, and it's a black red um, band one up top in a low top. It's absolutely awful. Yeah, and the and the script of you, they can't stop you from wearing them reference referencing the old commercial right so the the, they the can't amount stop of us from wearing them they call them a rebellionaire <laughs> the amount of miss that is here i say this lovingly because i have friends that work at nike that probably touch this in some way shape or form but they all know that we all know that nike has numbers to hit and if this will hit numbers it doesn't matter if it's good or bad the numbers need to be hit, right? And that's for every big business. But I think the the hardest part for me is that you're trying to take something from a commercial from 1985. That's that's basically me and maybe Russ Bankston and a few other people. Oh my god, that's terrible. 
<laughs> that's basically like old folks like me that remember that commercial. A small number of people that have maybe seen it on the internet and remember it because it's been reintroduced to the next generations and such. But like, who's going to think I need to have that on a shoe that actually cared about that commercial. If you cared about that commercial, you probably just want the black and red ones or the shadow ones or any other original colorway. Mm. But if you yep. learned it after the fact, is it even relevant to you? Like you're not buying Jordan ones because of a commercial in 1985. You're buying Jordan ones because they resell for a lot because they look good. And because they're just one of the coolest shoes out for the last 10 years or 30, it's 40 not for years. Us, it's not for us. It's man. not for us. But at the same time, there does need to be a line of demarcation when it comes to storytelling. Because I'm for mythology if it's executed well. This mm -hmm. just seems like, okay, we're going through the motions. Like, we have to make yet another Jordan 1 silhouette because to Nick's point and to Mike's point. Timeless shoe, something you can wear in any era, and it's going to get people's attention. When we see some of the execution, it leaves a little to be desired. It's probably the nicer way of saying it. So, I mean, we yeah. had our fun with the shoe early, but it's just you you have shown the inkling that you want to do this, but then you just zag one too many times. It's, and that's just our opinion, obviously. But maybe there is yeah. some 14-year-old that this is their bread 11. And if that's the case, I stand corrected. Enjoy your shoe, young Padawan, and go get your money. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's going to have the same – end result is something like the patina one, which is actually one I like. That one didn't have a story behind it, but I think it's going to suffer kind of the same fate because we've seen lately that these kind of uh, off the wall may be kind of strong, but just kind of different Jordan ones that have been releasing lately have not been doing the quote unquote numbers in the resale market. I mean, of course, Jordan ones sell out. That's never going to stop, but they've been easier to get. If I want to get them, I may pay a couple like the, the fees on the, the resale sites, but it's not going to break the bank. So, I mean, again, George's going to get their money. They don't care about what happens after that. Uh, it's just the fact that it's just going to be something else people scoop up because with that X on the back, people think they have something. Like, oh, I got this thing. It's uh, I can hold it. It's gonna, the value is going to go up. And blah. I'm like, you have a very low chance of that happening because 90% of people don't want to wear all that writing on their shoes. Yeah. Well, and I think it's interesting too because obviously there's a lot of speculation when it comes to releases and, you know, mm -hmm. The pricing of Jordan ones is rumored to go up to 200 or 220 next year, which makes me think ah, that jokes. you know these these are one of the ones that end up being kind of left out because of it, right? Like I don't see yeah. it being something that is popular enough to to you know really hit that mark on the retail market, maybe on the secondary market where there's somebody that's willing to take five dollar profit, you know, over their retail plus mm -hmm. shipping or whatever. But it's kind of interesting, and I think that we're we're because of releases like this. I think we're getting closer and closer to a point with Jordan ones specifically and, and Dunks, where you know is is this a move for Nike to continue to push the resale market out and like you know just take more of that income, or is it just a a general you know I, I say this in like not. I don't mean it in the disrespectful way that it sounds, but like a lack of creativity, right? Because it seems, yeah, it seems very forced. And I don't think the shoe looks terrible. Like I kind of, you know, I kind of see it as like a uh, sort of almost like elephant print looking on the gray. And then it reminds me a lot of the LeBron graffiti, which is a shoe that I love. And so there's other pieces there that, that are appealing to me. But I think that it's just tied together in a, in a really weird way, which, you know, I don't know that it, it reminds me too, like, as you were talking about some of those releases, like the star is born Jordan one, right. From the sports illustrated yeah. cover from a couple years back, I ended up picking up mm -hmm. those. That shoe is incredible material, obviously, you know, old enough to see that magazine cover and, and see the correlation right away. Thought it was a dope shoe. But it didn't really do well. And, you know, it didn't sell out. Most people paid less than retail for it. And, you know, I think those those really, like, poignant stories in Jordan's career, if you're missing with those, then it seems like you should, you, should, you know, I don't know, just refocus or re, reel in some of those stories. Like, if, if this, you know, 
any of the colorways to, to your point about the patinas, right? You don't always have to have a crazy story for it. And sometimes exactly. the story, it feels forced enough to where it almost makes the shoe worse than it actually is. But that's just me. Yep. Um, speaking of weird shoes coming back again, the Jordan 3 Dark Mocha is supposed to release in May of 2022 again. Just released in 2018, right? Why are we? It went uh, to outlets in 2018. <laughs> there's a difference. This one has a pink heel cap on the uh, midsole. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> dude, they realized that after they when they didn't sell after the last dance, they no, they, they were dirt cheap, which I should have bought them then. They were on yeah, sale, but now they're like 400 bucks, dude. And so they're like, we're gonna cash in again. You know, that's how it goes. I mean, it's a. I think it's a really nice shoe. Actually, I like the pink accent on it. I'm not holding my breath like I'm going to get it. I'll I'll like it from afar. It's a lovely shoe. Uh, it's for women. I don't know if it's got the extended size on that maybe some of us are hoping for, but yeah. It is what it is. I mean, there are just certain shoes now that I'm like, okay, there there's no chance that I'm getting them, so maybe I don't get up for trying to obtain them, but this is a decent shoe. I'm not going to pay above retail, so. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next up, we got Beams and Paperboy and a Reebok Club C Legacy. So I'm going to say Beams is one of those Japanese brands that is probably one of the most low key, but super successful when it comes to their collabs. Paperboy, I believe, is a Paris brand. I think so. And yeah. the shoe itself is just like super clean Reebok Club C. Got the the legacy, the, you know, updated midsole. Mm -hmm. um, but I actually think it's really cool that, that, you know, to see collabs like this happen where it's, you know, obviously not people in the same place, but, you know, connecting the dots kind of the way that, you know, uh, like the Adidas uh, consortium stuff did in the last few mm -hmm. years where it's like they're bringing in two, three, four partners, New Balance did it with, Stussy and Mita and Mad Hectic way back in the day. So this shoe to me is like, it's not a, it's not like a must have by any means, but it's definitely, if you're in the, in the market for just a clean pair of a white, you know, club C's, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be comfortable, more comfortable with, with the legacy version with that midsole and updated cushioning. Um, just a cool, kind of cool. What do you guys think? For me, I think they're super clean. I like them a lot. I would probably get them more for, you know, how you just, I feel like I get shoes sometimes just to have in the archives for the historical purposes. Like the Bape Superstar that just came and I got it. I wear it, but I feel like I just had to have that for like 10, 20 years down the road. If you look back, that was an amazing shoe. Or like I was looking at my Mastermind EQT Support Ultras. Those are just things that you won't see often. They won't retro these things. It's just nice to have to look back and say, oh, that was a really clean, awesome collaboration, great project that we will look upon fondly in years future when it comes to us as being a sneaker collector. So if I can get it for, for retail or if the good people rebuy bless me with the pair, I'm not going to say no. Cause these are, these are nice. And I would love to wear them. I want to try that at a legacy club. C. Yeah. I think this is probably my favorite Reebok silhouette out right now. Um, I know I'm going to make the cross brand comparison as I'm prone to do, but the way that I've seen how Reebok's handle its club C is very similar to the Roshi. Like they've hit on mm -hmm. every single collab and they've still let the shoe be the subtle genius that it is. So I'm here for every club C shoe until I'm not. And as of right now, they're kind of undefeated or they're batting a thousand pick a sports cliche because it's a good looking shoe and they let the shoe do the talking and not a, I would say, reaching story or mm -hmm. a absurd colorway just for the sake of an absurd colorway. Yep. Yep. Right. Yeah. I well said. Ape club C that was really nice and you didn't hear anything about it, but it's an all white one and pretty easy to get on resell. I think for about 150, 200 bucks, just same deal. Just very clean. Hot ones, the Muppets, like they, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter who the collab is with. They just know to let the shoe do the talking. And it's just mm -hmm. subtle tones of like a lime green for Kermit or the outlines of a pepper. And I think kudos to Reebok because this is one thing that I hope wherever Reebok ends up or however it ends up, that they continue to do the less is more with the club C. Yeah, same here. Yep. Wait, wait, hold up. I'm using my Zach Morris powers here to call a timeout 
tell you about a couple of our partners. These are some of the folks that help us keep the podcast going, and they have some exclusive discounts just for our listeners. Now, if you're already subscribed to our YouTube channel, you know how I love to display my kicks when I'm not rocking them. Sneaker Throne makes sneaker display cases featuring customizable LED lights and drop side cases to showcase the entire side of your shoe, not just the heel or the toe. To me, it's the perfect way to display your collection. You can save 10% on your Sneaker Throne order by using the code HISTORY at SneakerThrone.com. That's HISTORY at SneakerThrone.com. Now, if you're a Patreon supporter or a member of our Discord community, you already know about Kicks with V Hot Sauce and his small batch locally sourced hot sauce. V has been one of the biggest supporters of a sneaker history community and the podcast since the early days. His hot sauce has been a huge hit within the community. To celebrate the launch of his new coffee habanero flavor hot sauce, and my personal favorite, his new habanero honey, he's given an exclusive discount to our podcast listeners. You can save 10% by using the code SneakerHistory10 at kickswithvhots.com. That's SneakerHistory10 at kickswithvhots.com. If you're interested in sponsoring the podcast or becoming a partner with our community, get in touch with us. You can reach us by email at podcast at sneakerhistory.com. Or better yet, tell some of your favorite brands they should be sponsoring the podcast. All right, let's get back into today's episode. Uh, so next up, this one was actually kind of a hot topic in the Discord for a little bit uh, today. And by the time you listen to this, it'll, it will have already released. But the NBA Nike Dunk Low Brooklyn Nets, which is releasing through the Nike app, not the sneakers app, which is interesting, but hmm. you've got like the Nets logo on the heel. You've got the 75th anniversary logo on the tongue. Um, what do you guys think about this one? Um, I, I like it, but I don't like the Nets logo. I, See, I like, thank you. Thank you, Mike. I would say this. They've combined the old New Jersey Nets logo that was really prominent when it was Jason Kidd, Kenyon Martin, Richard mm -hmm. Jefferson. But then they put the Brooklyn Nets logo that we're more synonymous with, let's say, the Kyrie, KD, James Harden era. And I get that it's supposed to represent the 75th anniversary of the upcoming season. But I don't know. I just feel like it's a bridge too far. I also mm -hmm. kind of get very Georgetown vibes from it, the color blocking yeah. especially. But it's a nice shoe. But if you got rid of the sneaker it would do wonders in terms of the row cop ability of it. Yeah. Yeah. I and agree. Either there's a bunch of them out there or it's going to be really hard to get because the reason it, I, in my mind, just when you said that, Nick, I didn't know it was not going to be just a sneakers release. It was going to be a Nike release. They're trying to get the casual NBA fan. Who's like NBA historians to say, Oh, I need to just have this for this particular anniversary. It's either going to be really hard or really easy. There's not going to be in between on this one to get, I think. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, there's probably, you know, conservatively hundreds of thousands, if not millions of Nets fans in the world. Right. And, mm -hmm. you know, they're not going to have a chance to get this shoe if it's on sneakers. I mean, they might not have a chance at it all anyway, because Nike's <laughs> not going to make that many of the shoe. Um, but I do think that's a, an interesting thing where like, you know, we'll have to get into it in another episode, I guess, but in a sense, by Nike releasing so much on sneakers and doing so many dunk colorways and so many Jordan 1 colorways, they've kind of alienated the casual basketball fan from buying casual shoes from them, right? And yeah, that's a huge market, right? Like, if you go to mm -hmm. a basketball game, you know, assume there's 20,000 people in the stands, probably 90% of them are wearing casual sneakers, not basketball sneakers, you know? So it's, yeah. you know, it's it's that it's the basketball version of the Monarch at Coles, right? Like, you know, where are you going to sell the, the 70 to a hundred dollars shoe to the casual basketball fan that doesn't want to deal with a sneakers app, isn't going to pay resell, but wants to wear a swoosh on their foot. Yeah. You're right. One quick question before we move away from this sneaker to both of you, how do you guys, and granted it's hard to tell just off of photos alone, does the material look better than a normal dunk low to you guys, or do you think it's a similar quality? It looks pretty it looks nice better to me. from first take. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I mean, is I like, got the same vibe. Yeah. The only thing is like with the, with the images that are out there of this one, there's clearly kind of a disconnect because some of them show smooth leather, like, you know, on the, the toe guard, some of them is a more pebbled leather. I, I think mm -hmm. you, you know, it's so hard to know what a mock-up is and what was actually, you know, 
a real photo that was, you know, edited up to fit the, you know, the Nike mold of what the way they, you know, put them on the site, for instance. Right. But yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think it, I think it's a, it's a great looking shoe to be honest. Like, again, I'm probably not going to wear this because it's a Nets shoe and I'd rather have a, you know, SB cushioning or, you know, cushion tongue. But like you said, Georgetown, right. And you know, that's a man, you, you combine this with, without the logos, you combine this with some, some Hoyas, you know, shorts from the Iverson era and a, you know, I don't have a, we don't have a Navy blue sneaker history tee, but man, that's a pretty good fit. Uh, if you're asking me. <laughs> I see you yeah, come for the sneaker insight and breakdown and you stay for the fits from Nick Engvall. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have like the least, the least creativity when it comes to what I wear though. I'm just like the formula <laughs> is a baseball hat, some shorts, a hoodie or a t-shirt and some sneakers. And it doesn't really, you know, vary from that too often. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, Nick. What's up? <laughs> Tell him. Uh, <laughs> all right. So next up, uh, ASAP Nast previews his NST2 take on the Reebok Zig Kinetica Edge 2. That's a lot. Uh, first a, first take, I was like, what the heck is this? But then I saw some side profiles. I'm like, I don't dislike it as much as I thought it did. Um, I'm interested. I won't spend like dollars on it. Uh, but I'm interested how they changed the the, uh, the Zig sole to use a, a Vibram sole. And uh, I mean, you've seen now that a lot of these designers have gone to the outdoor shoes from Salehi to, to Nast. I mean, a lot of a lot of people are trying to do this outdoor thing. And it's the wave right now, I guess. But it's it's wearable. I don't think I could wear it every day, but I'm going out to the, to the backwoods somewhere. I mean, I wouldn't be mad at this one. Yeah, I mean. It's not for me because I'm not much of an outdoor guy, but it's a good-looking shoe, and I like the unique color scheme that comes with it. So good on you, ASAP Nast. I don't know which member of the ASAP mob you are, sadly. I still, I think I stopped counting after Rocky and uh, Ferg and RIP Yams. But yeah, I think uh, I think the Zig Connecticut Two Edge. There's there's a handful of the Connecticut line that is is really solid. Mm-hmm. And I think that it has, I mean, I would definitely buy this shoe. Uh, probably not with the, the ASAP connection and not necessarily this oh, colorway. Yeah, but but like you said, the, the, the Vibram outsole, um, Vibram outsole, however you pronounce that. And, <clears throat> excuse me. And just like the whole overall aesthetic of the shoe. I mean, I know it's trendy right now, but I've kind of always liked this, this like out, you know, this overall vibe. When it comes to shoes, I like the the chunkier midsole, a little bit thinner of an upper. I used to I used to love running in trail shoes, you know, from like the you know the Mizunos and uh, mm-hmm. you know kind of the the out the outliers of what sneaker culture is, right? Um, but yeah. this is this is one of the shoes uh, I think is designed by Mark Vibe, um, who is has done I he's no longer with Reebok, but did a lot of really cool stuff with Reebok. If you mm-hmm. can find him online, definitely worth a follow. He's one of the more creative folks in the sneaker world right now. Um, but yeah, I, I could, I could, I could see this being popular with, with people that, you know, are ASAP fans specifically, but like, yeah, you know, like you said, Salehi, there's so many people that are trying to like, trying to bridge the gap between like the, the, the casual shoe and the outdoor shoe. And that's a, it's a good place to be. Uh, a lot of people might not know that like a lot of the, a lot of the folks that worked on the design side and the brand side for even companies like Nike and AC when ACG launched back in the nineties, those people are still around and most of them work for uh, some of the more, more outdoor focused footwear brands, you know, the, the mm-hmm. Columbia sportswear, keen footwear, those types of brands. Um, so yeah. I think there's there's definitely a, a legacy there that kind of I could see designers wanting to to dip their toes into the outdoor world of footwear in a sense. But nice. uh, let's see. Next up, we got the Nike SB Dunk Low Halloween Mummy. I love them. Like this is the too. goofy but genuine storytelling that we were alluding to earlier. 
And I don't know. I mean, SB Dunk is probably the only category that could justify doing this shoe. And then they knock it out of the park in terms of the execution. Look at the material on the shoe, even the details on the back. Although I must say, it doesn't look like a mummy more so than it does Master Shake from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. So representing <laughs> that, but it's a brilliant shoe. It's got the glow in the dark component for the Halloween time, and yeah, you can't go wrong with this. And it's absurd enough, but they they let you in on the joke. Whereas yeah. the Rebellion Air, I'm just like, what what are we doing? But anyway, sorry, <laughs> I'll, I'll pay five bucks every time I utter that word from here on out. But this is a great shoe. I will be actively trying. Yes. Yep, I'm with, you. I'm with you. Oh man, I like this one too. This goes back to just like when I was, you know, when we were younger when SB was really just put, pumping out those crazy like you know like Halloween shoes. There's always been like the Halloween shoe that just like, man, this is cool. I can actually get my hands on it. Um, I may I may risk my own emotions to try to get this one, knowing that it's going to be just a heck of a time. But I will say, if you missed out on this shoe, know that uh, Iverson, the question, did a mummy shoe last year that is very similar. Um, like saying the canvas wrapping, glow-in-the-dark outsole. I'm not saying that it came from somewhere else first, but I'm not saying that it didn't. So if you're missing on this one, there's probably a different option for you. Yep. Uh, next up, you got the Nike SB Dunk High Strawberry Cough. This one's been pushed back. Well, yeah. let's just say this was supposed to be a 420 release, and we're now at a what? Almost 1020. October? Actually, 1020 by the time you <laughs> listen to this. So, six months later, we're still waiting for this one to actually release. I think at this point, just keep it for next year. 421, 420, 22. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. I get. Yeah, I don't care about this shoe. I mean, the skate shops around here have been like doing the raffles and stuff for it, but I, I can care less about this one. These are for the kids, so we're gonna let the kids cook. The kids yeah, I, I'm, I'm not a fan of the colorway, and I don't smoke enough weed to make it, you know, justifiable <laughs> to buy a, a weed inspired shoe. So, um, next up, you got the Jordan Four Golf Bread. Uh, I don't know if I would call that bread. I, I always thought it was the black cement. Kind of ashy but looking, but nickname. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nick, nicknames aside, I mean, if I was going to golf in a pair of Jordans, this would be one of the ones I would choose, I guess. So, has there been a Jordan three golf cleat? Oh, sorry, Mike, go for it. Mm -hmm. Oh no, no. Uh, to answer your question, yes, and it goes for a lot of money. I figured as much. There's a one because... in a three. I would, if there was ever a Jordan Golf uh, 3 uh, with the true blue colorway, oh boy. But to your point, Michael, I'm sure it is expensive. I'm sure only Tiger Woods and or Michael Jordan can afford that shoe, so. <laughs> yeah, I I really want the military blue ones that came out recently, but they sold out pretty quickly. But I really want a Jordan 4 Golf shoe. Like, that is something I have my eyes on. You yeah. have my entry if you need it. I appreciate you. I just can't justify paying that much for a shoe that I'm not going to wear enough. If I played golf more, you know. Yeah, I put it this way. Like you had mentioned, Nick, we know enough about your hobby habits. So hopefully there's a very prolific weed smoker that is also dabbling in the game of golf that they can cop these two sneakers back to back and feel good about themselves. <laughs> but yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, all right. Then you got a uh, next up the Pata Pata, I should say. Nike Air Max One Night Maroon. Just take my money now. Like that looks so good. Yeah, that colorway. Such a unique awesome. looking shoe. Love the colorway. And yeah, like if I don't get it, I'm okay with it because I I hope yeah. they go to a good home. But it's Pat knocks it out of the park every time they go. Yeah, freaking Air Max yeah. Ones are so good with them. Yep, I agree. Uh. Asics Court MZ Rick and Morty collab. This is, yeah, like I said, I think my whole thing with Rick and Morty is I don't get it, but this is an interesting looking shoe. I guess if I had to pick one over the other, I like the Rick shoe more than I do the Morty shoe because uh, I'm assuming the Rick shoe is the one that's predominantly white. But at the same time, yeah, Asics is another one of those companies like the Club C where they do simplicity really well. So I'm wondering, do these come in a pack? Uh, that's the Mr. Meeseeks shoe, right? Come on. The, the blue one and the purple one are Mr. Meeseeks. No, I was talking about the white with Rick and Morty up top. I prefer that one. 
Yeah, no, I know you said the other one was more. He's like, the other one was Mr. Meeseek. So uh, that's a, thank you. That's a weird little character. From the show. Oh, he clones himself, right? This is yeah, like explaining he, he, yeah. culture to Ro. Thank you to our other podcast, Pop Culture, where two dads navigate. No. We just don't know anything. <laughs> Tell me more, Mike. Who's Mr. Meeseek, you said? Yeah, yeah, dude. So, <laughs> um. This is I, I like the I like I'm with you to Roy. I like the white one better because the other one I think is a it might be a, a lady issue with the, the platform. Yeah, based on that apathetic looking teenager, I'm sure it is. But she pulls it off well, and <laughs> I will not. But more power to her. Yeah, it looks like they do <laughs> release separately too. Hundred dollars per pair. So, so that's, not that's bad. nice. That's, that's a beautiful price point to get into. And yeah. if you're a fan of the show, like go for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's a. That's a pretty good, uh, you know, you might not hit all the sneakerheads with that collab, but that's a pretty solidly done collaboration for a brand that many Rick and Morty fans might not be ASICs fans, right? But that's the point of a collab is to get new people paying attention to you. So I think that's a good one. Exactly. Like, I love to see the Venn diagram mashup of ASIC fans and Rick and Morty fans and just (laughs) say, like, is there a memorial 5k that they're all running in hopes of a possible mr me six clone that had passed away due to unforeseen circumstances <laughs> oh man all right next up we got uh skate deluxe nike sb blazer mid so skate deluxe is a uh, i want to say they're barcelona spain skate shop i need to click into this to make sure yes but what do you guys think of this one? Any a little brown, swoosh on the, on the uh, toe, huh? I do. I do like a little good mini swoosh. So any brown shoe that's not a Travis Scott collab, I'm here for it. I don't care what it looks like anymore. As long as it's not a Travis Scott collaboration, I'm going to be here. So you know what? Skate Deluxe, I approve of your shoe. Yeah, I'm intrigued <laughs> by the – is that the globe that's hugging the outline of the top portion of the uh-huh. swoosh? Because yeah, dude. for a company that prides itself on trying not to deface the swoosh too often, like this is a creative interpretation of it. So I like it a lot. All right. I'm 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 exactly the opposite with brown shoes. So yeah. I don't need a brown shoe. I don't need brown shoes ever. Mochas, I have tried to convince myself to buy many times, and I never have. And I've been okay without them. So you can keep the brown shoes, whether it has a mini swoosh or not. It's the only way you get me uh, the mini swoosh. Because other than that, brown shoes camouflage with my skin color. So I'm looking like I'm just walking barefoot. So <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. It well, is thank God is, for that right? white midsole and white swoosh, huh? <laughs> right? I mean, we got to break it up some kind of way. I'm going to wear brown pants and a brown shirt, too. Why not? Complete the whole fit looking like a goddamn gingerbread, man. Some people say chocolate, I say poo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, so we've got like probably another four or five pairs that I wanted to get through. So I might skip a couple of these in this order that we have. But um, I hope you skip the next ones. Well, that's one of them that I'm going to skip. So I, I do want to talk <laughs> about the strapless Air Force One high, though, in this sale colorway, right? Because the sale Jordan 1s, I think, are completely underrated. It was great material, just a simple monotone Air Jordan 1. And it seems like they're trying to do the same thing with Air Force 1. Oddly, removing the strap doesn't make sense to me, though. What do you guys think? Look, guys, I'm a good 5'8 on a good day. These things are going to be thigh-high boots on me. Um, I can't I can't do it. They look beautiful. I love the, the look of them. But... Um, I do not reach the height requirement as just a would be roller coaster to wear these. So I will pass them along to a tall person. I mean, Fair enough. somebody like me who's six foot seven, you know, as a tall person, <laughs> it's a beautiful shoe. The thing that's intriguing or slightly off putting about this is you missed the strap. It's like playing basketball on a court with no three point line. And you're just kind of wondering like what's going on. Like, I'm sure there's a getting to used to it phase that's associated with the shoe, but I think it's just a little too out there. But beautiful colorway. Love a good fresh sale color scheme, as the kids say. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if you're short, if you're tall, you like the shoe, go for it. But a six-footers, you know how it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, we got the Jordan 5 Racer Blue, basically a, a black suede upper with 
with a blue midsole, blue liner. Looks like something that Anthony Hardaway should have wore had he been in the league <laughs> in 1990. Isn't there a similar colorway that's like a China exclusive? I don't remember. It's like the Shanghai Jordan 5 or something like that. It's like black black and blue, but it has like a little emblem on the uh, rear quarter. Yeah, a little yellow on it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah. I mean, there's other, there's 20 other fives I would rather have, but it's not a bad shoe for anybody who wants to get their hands on a five and they're like, hey, I like the basic colorway, like that motorsport-ish color, that black and blue. I say go for it. It's a clean shoe. Yeah. yeah, I'll just ask this. We did a draft episode about the Jordan 5. Would any of you like to put this into your starting five and take out one of your existing choices? Nah. Not for me. Not for no, me. That, that's a no for me as well, dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, supposedly this one re- releases February 12th, which I guess I, I haven't looked at the calendar, but that's got to be pretty close to All-Star Weekend. So, Yeah, it should be the same weekend. That should be the weekend, uh, the Jordan one mid coconut milk. I'm more of an almond uh, milk drinker myself. So <laughs> more almond. it is more of an almond milk. I, it's very, you know, for somebody with tum tum issues, this is a nice shoe. It's easy to go down, so to speak. So I like yeah. it. I hope it does well. I don't think I'll get it because it's a Jordan one. It's the curse of Jordan one, but more power to those that do get it. Yeah. I wish I had the same material that High Air Force One heck. That would just be just mm, just priceless. But yeah, I, it looks good. I have no problem with it. It is a uh, it's a clean shoe. I hope people don't hate on it just because of mid because that's better than some of the one the like the OG highs coming out. That's that's a that's a great color. Yep. All right. So next up, I'm going to combine a couple of them because we've got the Yeezy Boost 380 Pyrite, and then we've got the Yeezy Boost 380 Stone Salt, which. Both will have released by the time you listen to this. I I probably will never buy a Yeezy, but I'm definitely intrigued by a lot of these uh, shoes that are coming out. Um, Just because they're they're just different, right? Like they they just look don't look like anything else you're seeing, right? And Mm-hmm. That seems weird when we're so used to seeing the formula of like, hey, this is, you know, to the point of the Club C being such classic looking shoe and, and good colorways and the Asics and the Dunks and the Jordan 1s. Like, it seems like Yeezy is off in another world with the designs and the colorways even because they just don't look anything like even the even the rest of the Adidas line. You would never know that this is an Adidas shoe, in my opinion. Yeah. You didn't know. Yeah. I like the 380. I just fear that I will never be able to wear it with anything because of the weird collar. Um, it could look like it's really tiny ankle. I don't know how it works with pants. Can I only wear it with shorts or do I have the right socks? Like, it's feel like a lot of thoughts go into wearing this shoe. I, I can appreciate for what it is, and they're actually the more affordable of the Easy Line, kind of right there with the 500s where or and and Quantum's. We can get them for retail or sometimes lower. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's still sitting around on certain shelves, too, because it's released on Confirmed today. But typically, with the 380s, they're one of them. You can go out there in a couple of days, they're, they're hanging around. So for those who want them, I say get them. I, I think I like the the stone salt colorway the best for some reason. I like that black and just kind of like bleach look on it. So good shoe. I just don't know if I could pull it off. Yeah, I'm with you, Mike. I think the fit I would have to characterize if I wore those shoes wouldn't be what I'm wearing, but like the picture is showing here, a piece of random asphalt that just matches the terrain. So, but yeah, that's all it's, I can do. <laughs> it's a unique shoe. Say what you will about the gentleman that's the inspiration and designer behind them, but they truly are the most unique looking thing on the market. And to Nick's point, you can't tell if they're Audi or not, which I think is almost a compliment because. If the man who shall not be mentioned was given that option, he would want you to think that, yeah, my genius transcends bounds and brand, brands more importantly. So, Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, two more. So I wanted to get to this one just because I think, you know, I've, uh, the Air Max BW has been on my mind a lot lately, obviously. But the colorway, the light stone color of the Air Max BW I'm kind of in love with this shoe. Like it's really, really nice. And it's a completely not a colorway that I would ever think of myself wearing. Yes. Same. This might be the best shoe I've seen 
all episode and it's the best shoe that doesn't rely on a gimmick like i think if i had to pick one out of the shoes that we've talked about obviously i really like the mummy shoe but this is just a clean classic shoe and yeah that light stone really works i don't know why and i'm one of those people that gets their white or light shoes dirty very easily i would make an effort not to dirty the shoe because this is a great aesthetic looking shoe that even if you're not wearing if you have it over your shoulder like some of my co-hosts uh, co do with some of their collection it would just gravitate towards a person's eye. So, I, I'm, I think we finally have a unanimous pick for this episode because I am the same way. I saw the shoe a couple of days ago, and I've been kind of my feelers have been out for it the entire time. Be this is such a fantastic looking shoe. Um, for our listeners, I mean, hey, you guys get to listen to us. So maybe there's a little secret that I know what uh, trainers like this, and the reason I said trainers because in Europe that's what they call them. You look at places like End, they're going to be on those sites a little earlier probably than we're going to get them, and you may be able to get them a little cheaper. So I'm going to have my eyes open for for that because I really want this pair. Something about that, the layers, the, the materials, the colors, you can't go wrong when you do something like that. So this is going to be a fantastic shoe. I hope everyone sleeps on this one, please. Um, but but let us have ours, guys. Well, we need two 10s and a 13. and Well, actually, let's say two 13s. I'm sure Robbie will like this one as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so the last one I wanted to talk about, which I just find interesting, is the Awake New York uh, Van Skate High collaboration. So these released on Awake site uh, yesterday, day before. I can't remember exactly, but they sold out. Interestingly enough, they're supposed to release at Foot Locker in the next few days, which oh. I I find really fascinating because – Normally, you don't see a boutique-type brand selling at Foot Locker, right? Like, Awake is sold at places like, you know, Feature and you know, I don't remember the, the rest of them. But, like, I've seen it on a number of sneaker boutique websites. And to me, yeah. that's the oddest thing about this whole collaboration is that now you're seeing it release at Foot Locker. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm kind of still trying to process that, but I find it really interesting. And the shoes themselves, yeah. you know, they, they did a pretty good job of like, you know, staying to the the uniqueness of the skate high with the old school kind of checkerboard pattern, but also like yeah. completely different colors than you would normally expect to see on that shoe. Yeah, actually, I've, I really like these and I'm not a big skate high person, but these are actually really nice. Um, I think it's kind of twofold in that, that that, yeah, that sentiment, Nick. But like being able to sell them at Foot Lockers is nice because I mean it gets it gets that brand recognition to a general audience. Like, oh, this is just a nice van for that person who just wants to buy vans. Uh, I know a person who just shopped at the boutiques and be like, ah, I thought this was unique. But it does a lot. The more money that brand gets in, the more they can do. So hopefully that hopefully this helps them out. But I, I like the uh, collection. I, I think I would snag a pair if I was able to stumble upon one. I respect it. I respect the fact that they got West Side Gun to do the modeling of it. I'm not necessarily a skate guy like you two gentlemen are, but I do recognize that for boutiques like that, if they can get a greater visibility and get people excited not only for this collab, but the next one, it's good business. So good job. Awake. Yep. Yep. Agreed. All right. Well, that pretty much wraps up for this episode. Uh, if you are still listening, make sure you're in the Discord. Join the community. Hop in there and have a chat with us. Most of us are in there regularly throughout the week, and there's a few hundred other people in there you can <laughs> uh, get to know as well. So it's a great place. Uh, I think that's about it. Keep an eye out for Mike's Mike's uh, running project, and yeah, let them know where you, they can find you guys. Yeah, you can find me here, of course, in sneaker history all the time. Uh, find me on Instagram and Twitter at MadWatcher789. And, of course, you can find me on YouTube at Mike Guillory. Rod, where you at, buddy? I'm at RoadM13 on Instagram, Rohizi on Twitter, and at the diaper table for my baby girl as soon as this episode is done. Yeah, boy. <laughs> right on. We'll catch you all on the next episode. Thanks for supporting us. Peace. Peace. See you. Hey everyone, this is Nick again. Before you take off, I wanted to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. We just launched our new merch, including tees, stickers, keychains, and a bunch of other pieces you can grab to show your support for the podcast. You can purchase it now through our companion site, sittingtreasure.com. 
You can also get access to more episodes of the podcast by joining our Discord community at patreon.com slash sneakerhistory. Plus, we've got a bunch of other fun things going on in the community, including trivia nights, giveaways, access to sneaker raffles from around the world, release announcements, and my favorite, just good people helping good people get the sneakers they want. Plus, we're not bought by advertisers, investors, or other big money. I'm confident in saying this is the best sneaker community I've ever been a part of. We've also teamed up with a few partners to offer our supporters discounts. You can find some in the links for this episode and even more in our Discord. Give us a try, and if you don't enjoy it, you can always cancel the membership at any time. Last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of someone showing appreciation. Thank you all for the support, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Peace. Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.